passage this morning from the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 26 and following. Let's read verse 26 and 27 and then we'll pray. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26 and 27. Verse 26 reads, For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. Let's pray. O God in heaven, we ask and pray, please fill us with your Holy Spirit as we study your precious word. Please teach us, guide us. O God, even convict and rebuke us if needs be that we might live lives that are pleasing to your holy name. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. What is the main theme of the book of Hebrews? Christ is all in all. To have Christ is to have all. That is the main theme of this wonderful book. In contrast to Judaism... Christianity is superior and the book is titled Hebrews, written predominantly in its context to Hebrew believers in order to spell out to them very clearly the fact that to have Christ, to know Jesus Christ as Saviour, Messiah is to have all. So in contrast to Judaism, Christianity is superior. And God explains this very fact throughout the book. Some of these Jewish Christians were struggling with this. Some due to persecution. Others due to immaturity. And because of persecution and because of a lack of spiritual maturity, some were tempted to go back to Judaism to become what the Bible refers to as an apostate, to defect. Instead of focusing on what one has in Christ, some of these Hebrew believers were looking back to Judaism and thereby endangering endangering themselves in the possibility of becoming spiritual pillars of salt like Lot's wife. Remember the Lord Jesus there in Luke 17, 32, he said, Remember, Lot's wife. Much is given, beloved, much is required. 
We are accountable for what we know and what we do with what we know. The supremacy of Jesus Christ over Judaism has been proven throughout this book. And therefore we come to chapter 10, verse number 26, and God gives us a very strong warning, if not the strongest warning in this whole book. It reads in verse 26, For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. So here in verse number 26, in light of all that has been said, God who is the author turns our attention once more to those who have made all of those initial responses to the Gospel but are still tempted to turn back in spite of everything, they are still looking back to dead religion. And the warning now placed before us here in verse 26, the warning now placed before these Hebrew Christians is the strongest yet within this epistle. It has to do with despising the work of the Holy Spirit. And the consequences are in the strongest words of judgment. Beloved, we have individual wills. And we can choose to live for Christ or not to live for Christ. But with this free will, God will hold us accountable. In Romans 14, 12, the Bible reads, so then, so then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. The book of Hebrews is addressing Christians, Jewish believers, And how these Jewish believers are choosing to carry out their liberty in Christ. In Galatians 5 verse number 13, the Bible teaches us that we have liberty in Christ. We have freedom in Christ to serve Him, but not to make provision for the flesh. But some of these believers were making provision for the flesh. They were looking over the fence, so to speak. Looking back at their old Judaism and tempted to go back. And yet the whole emphasis within the book of Hebrews is to have Christ is to have all. There is no need to look back over the fence. If you are in Christ Jesus, if you know Him as personal Saviour, you have all in all. And as the Lord Jesus said, you have life and life more abundant. 
So therefore God gives us a very solemn warning here in verse 26. For if we sin willfully. For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth. Note that little phrase there, if we sin willfully. Note the word if, possibility. If we sin willfully, you and I choose to sin willfully. Because we still have a sinful nature, we can deliberately choose to sin against God. As one man said, there are two choices on the shelf, pleasing God or pleasing self. And in James chapter 1 verses 14 and 15, the Bible reads, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. In Romans chapter 6, verse number 13, the Bible teaches us we can either yield ourselves unto God or we can yield our hearts to the flesh. And to whom we yield, we will serve. So verse 26 reads, if we sin willfully, let's note the verse goes on to read, after that, we have received the knowledge of the truth. So because we still have a sinful nature, we can deliberately choose to sin against God. Even though we know better, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth. We know exactly what God has said in his word and what he means by what he has said. If we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth. God has spelled out throughout the book of Hebrews that Jesus Christ is superior to the prophets, he's superior to the angelic beings, He's superior to Moses, Aaron, the Levitical priesthood. He's superior to the old covenant. He's the author of a new covenant that not only provides complete and full forgiveness, a personal relationship with our God in the holies of holies. Also, we become the temple of the Holy Ghost. This is the climax of it all, beloved. Christ dwelling within the child of God. Your body, my body, being the holy of holies. The dwelling place of God. And we can commune with our God. 
And that's why the Bible teaches us in verse number 19 of chapter 10, having therefore brethren, boldness into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us, through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And therefore, in verse 22, it tells us, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith or hope. Jesus Christ is superior. And God is holding these Hebrew believers accountable for their knowledge of this great truth. As we go back to verse 26, it reads, For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth. So God is holding them accountable for the knowledge of this great truth that Jesus Christ is superior to everything and anything, and that includes Judaism. To have Christ is to have all. And for you and I that know Christ personally, we are accountable for that knowledge that we have. And God will hold us accountable for that knowledge that we have. And we will be accountable as to how we exercise that knowledge. So God is holding these Hebrew believers accountable for the knowledge that they have. And my friend, in the same way, listen to me carefully, God will hold you accountable for what you know and what you do and what you do with that biblical knowledge. Let me ask you this morning, does your knowledge of the Word of God translate into obedience? Does your knowledge of the Word of God translate into obedience? Or does that knowledge translate into disobedience? Note what verse 26 teaches once again. For if we sin willfully... After that, we have received the knowledge of the truth. If we sin willfully, what will God do with those that choose to sin willfully? The context is Christians that know better, have a knowledge of the truth. What will God do? Well, verse 26 goes on to read, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. There remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. God is saying, if you know and you do not do, you will pay for it. 
There remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. It will not be ignored. It will not be excused. God reminds his Jewish readers that under the law of Moses, there were no specific there was no specific sacrifice for willful sin. There is no specific sacrifice for willful sin. If willful sin was confirmed, found to be true, judgment. So there was no sacrifice for willful sin but rather one that willfully sinned a face of the punishment, even death. For example, to be caught in the sin of adultery, if proven, equated to death. That's why we read in the Gospels, that a group of religious men brought a woman caught in adultery to the Lord Jesus and said to the Lord Jesus, this woman has been caught in the very act. She needs to be stoned to death. So this willful sin envisioned by the writer of the Hebrews in its context is what we refer to as apostasy. To have the truth and to deliberately choose to walk away from what you know. Apostasy. One author said in relation to this passage of Scripture here in Hebrews 10, he said the warning is for those turning from Christ in favour of an obsolete religion, a Christ-rejecting religion. See, this is what Judaism has become more so. Consider our missionary in Israel, Andrew Lewis. He has moved from house to house a number of times because of the many threats he has received. For doing what? For preaching that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. That's his crime. So nothing has changed as the Lord Jesus stood before the multitude and Pilate said, what do we do with this individual? They cried out, crucify him. Crucify him. We will not have this man rule over us. Judaism should be 
the stage upon which biblical Christianity blossoms and flowers. But if you take out Jesus Christ out of the picture, Judaism is in opposition to biblical Christianity. So for some of these Hebrew Christians to turn back to Judaism, God is not impressed, to say the least. For if we sin willfully after that we've received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. And then we read on in verse number 27. It reads, But a certain fearful looking for. This is what you can expect if you willfully sin against God. This is what God is saying here. Let me ask you this morning, are you willfully sinning against God? For he that knoweth to do right and doeth it not, to him it is God in the most sobering terms is revealing to you and I that God will not be mocked whatsoever man soweth that shall he also reap. And if we sin willfully, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. You will be judged. God will not ignore. God will not turn a blind eye. God will deal with it. Verse 27 spells that out very clearly. Note but a certain fearful looking for. Note the little phrase there in verse 27, fearful looking for. You will live in fear if you choose to sin deliberately against God. In what ways are you and I deliberately sinning against God? Consider the Ten Commandments. We are to worship God alone. We are to have no graven images. We are not to bear false witness. We are to tell the truth. We are to honour our mother and father. The list goes on. So for those that sin willfully, as God addresses these Hebrew believers, he's saying, and there's something you will have to fear. And then he goes on to say in verse number 27, judgment. You will be held accountable. Judgment. So if we willfully sin against God in knowing the truth and God tells us in his word, God will hold us accountable. 
Amen. We live life as if, oh, God won't bother with my little life. God won't bother with my dishonesty. That's not what the Bible teaches. We are accountable for what we know. You are blessed to be a part of a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. But with that comes accountability. Is this not what the Bible is teaching us? Talk to me. I'm not speaking my own words. I'm just preaching the book. Thank you, Pastor, for preaching the book. For if we sin willfully after that we've received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment. Then note then verse 27, it goes on to read, and fiery indignation of judgment. Be sure your sin will find you out just like Achan's sin was found out and he was judged with his family in Joshua chapter 7 verse 20. Achan said, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel. Thus and thus have I done, but God still judged him. Judged his family because God said he would. And my friend, the Bible teaches us it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. Turn with me for a moment to Ecclesiastes chapter 12, please. In verse number 14. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 14 it reads, For God shall bring every work into judgment. With every secret thing. Whether it be good or whether it be evil. God shall bring every work into judgment, every secret thing. Everything that you and I do behind closed doors and we entertain within our minds, God will bring us into judgment. Judgment and fiery indignation. Note there once again in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 this time. Note verse 9. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 9. 
Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth. And let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth. And walk in the ways of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes. But, this is the key word, but know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. God will not only hold us accountable, judgment, but the Bible teaches us in Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 27, that God will pour out his fiery indignation. God will not only hold us accountable, he will carry out judgment, he will punish willful sin. For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. God will hold us accountable. God will destroy. And God poured out his judgment and fiery indignation there in Genesis chapter 19, verse 24, in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, cities that were riddled with sodomy. And the Bible teaches us that sodomy is an abomination to God. No matter what the current Pope might say, that we need to accept sodomites within the church. My Bible teaches me that sodomy is an abomination. And we see in Genesis chapter 19 verse 24 that God poured out fire and brimstone out of heaven and destroyed these cities because of this wicked, vile sin. Why? Because they chose to sin willfully. And beloved, if you and I choose to sin willfully in knowing the truth and not obeying the truth, God will judge. God will judge. There are two main judgments found within the Scriptures. There is a judgment for believers and there is a judgment for those that are non-believers. And each one here this morning will have a part in one of those judgments. Either you'll be part of the judgment for believers or you'll be part of the judgment for unbelievers. Go back to Romans chapter 14, please. Romans 14, verses 10 to 12. 
Romans 14, 10 to 12 it reads, But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we all shall stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. And turn with me to 1 Corinthians, please. 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. Verses 11 to 15, we are given the main judgment set apart for God's people, for those that have placed their faith in Jesus Christ as Saviour. And here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 11 to 15, follow along carefully as we read. In verse 11 it reads, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So this is a judgment for believers. Verse 12, Now if any man build upon this foundation, what foundation? Jesus Christ. If you have Jesus Christ as your Saviour, the question needs to be asked, what am I building upon that foundation? Gold, silver, precious stones. Or wood, hay, stubble. Verse 13, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by, by what? Fire. Fiery indignation. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Is it work that equates to gold, silver, precious stone? Or is it work that equates to wood, hay, stubble? It will be revealed by fire, the Bible teaches us. Of what sort it is. Verse 14. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a a what? A what? Reward. So this judgment for believers deals with the issue as to whether you and I will receive rewards in eternity. The issue is not whether you are still saved or not. For the Bible teaches very clearly, he that has the Son has life. But he that has not the Son of God has not life. Which side of the fence are you on, my friend? Do you have Christ Jesus as your life? 
Do you possess eternal life in Christ Jesus? If any man's work abide, endures the fiery testing, he shall receive a reward. But then note verse 15, if any man's work shall be burnt, he shall suffer loss. What kind of loss? Reward. That's the context, is it not? But he himself shall be, let's say it together, saved. Still saved. You suffer loss. The loss of what? Not salvation, rewards. Yet so as by fire. You've escaped hell fire, but you are now in the presence of God with nothing to cast at the Saviour's feet. Why? Because you have willfully sinned against God. And your life amounts to wood, hay and stubble that are consumed with fire. As opposed to gold, silver precious stone that is refined by fire. The judgment for the saved. Then the Bible teaches us in the very last book, the New Testament, a final judgment for those that are without Christ as Saviour. And it's found in the book of Revelation, chapter 20, please. Verses 11 to 15. Verses 11 to 15. Revelation, chapter 21, verses 11 to 15. This is known as the great white throne judgment. This is the judgments, the judgment of judgments. Verse 11 reads, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. They were afraid. And there was found no place for them. What does that mean? No escape. Nowhere to hide. Remember Adam and Eve when they sinned against God, what did they try and do? They tried to hide. But at the great white throne, there's no place to hide. No place for them. And verse 12 goes on to read, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And 
and another book was opened. Books and book. Books, books, plural, book. And this book that was open, which is the book of life. And within the book of life are recorded all those that have placed their faith in Jesus Christ as Saviour. The books, the book of life. And then we read on, follow carefully, and the dead the unbelievers, those without Christ, were judged out of those things which were written in the books. According to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they, the dead, unbelievers, were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the permanent hell, so to speak. This is the second death. And then note verse 15. This is the crunch. And whosoever... was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So if your name is not inscribed in the book of life, you will be judged according to your works. And you'll be cast into everlasting destruction, fiery indignation, the lake of fire. My friend, there is a main judgment for the saved. There is a main judgment for the unsaved. And my plead this morning is that for those of you that have yet to receive Jesus Christ as personal Saviour, judgment and fiery indignation is pending. Oh, the pastor, I'll think about it. It's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. 
My friend, if you've yet to receive Jesus Christ as your own personal Saviour, I plead with you, receive the Christ. That you might escape the lake of fire. For the Bible teaches us, if your name is not found written in the Lamb's book of life, you will be cast. See, God will judge sin. God will judge willful sin. God will judge those that willfully reject Jesus Christ as their own personal saviour. And God will judge Christians that willfully disobey the word of God. For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversary. My friend, this morning judgment is coming. God will judge sin. And God will judge us in accordance to what we know. And if you've yet to receive Jesus Christ as your own Saviour, I plead with you this morning, come to the Christ and avoid the lake of fire. Oh, Pastor, I thought God is a loving God. Of course He is. He's a loving, gracious, merciful God. But He's also a God of vengeance. He's a just God. He's a God of judgment. One doesn't neutralise the other. So people like to say, well... Your, your God is a judgment God. Where is the God of love? He's both. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that you and I can escape sin, death and hell by faith in Jesus Christ. That's the God of love. But if you willfully sin, you reject Christ as your saviour, you will lift up your eyes being in torments. Cool. For vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So for you and I that are Christians, we don't have to fear the lake of fire. Nor God's people said. But we can fear the loss of reward. For the Bible teaches us, for if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. 
Once saved, always saved. Does God forgive? Of course he does. What are you saying, Pastor? Yes, you can receive forgiveness, but you will reap the consequences of your sin. Forgiveness does not negate consequences. For if we sin willfully after we have known the truth, there is no more sacrifice for sin. But we'll stand before God and we'll give an account of our lives to Him. It could well be that our efforts amount to wood, hay and stubble that will be burnt up fiery indignation. We'll suffer loss. Still saved, but we'll have nothing to cast at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the context of this passage in Hebrews is that God is pleading with these Christians You know the truth. Jesus Christ is superior. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to follow him fully? Or are you going to play games with God? Like many of us here. You're playing Christianity. truth be known. We clock in, we clock out. We choose when we clock in, we choose when we clock out. God will judge. God will judge. See, it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. Many of us fear the possibility of a car accident. A terminal health condition. Losing a loved one. Our little wealth. Our job. Do we fear God? God wants us to fear Him. Holy fear. This man here by the name of Joshua Harris has written some wonderful books that encourage young people to maintain purity and holiness for marriage. Joshua Harris has been very influential through his writings. 
He was a pastor as well. But only within the last year he has renounced his writings. He's actually apologised for his writings. He has apologised to the Sodomite community for excluding them because of his writings. He has divorced his wife He has even dared to say, I'm not sure whether I believe in God anymore. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. Somebody needs to write to Joshua Harris and quote Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26 and 27. That's apostasy. And my friend, you and I as God's people, I think it's about time that we take God seriously. Amen, Pastor. God will judge sin, willful sin. And we need a generation of Bible-believing Christians that take God seriously. Will you choose to be that one? For if we sin willfully after we have a knowledge of the truth there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. But are looking forward to judgment and fiery indignation. Very solemn, very strong warning to these Hebrew Christians that were tottering on the fence. Shall I? Shall I not? Shall I? Shall I not? Shall I go back to Judaism? Shall I continue on as a Christian? And God is saying... That's your choice. You have one thing to look forward to. Judgment and fiery indignation. So we need a generation of Bible-believing Christians that are serious about God and serious about the Bible. For he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Let's bow for prayer.